I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Ever seen the sky so blue? The birds are singing, I got nothing to do. Hey, 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 hey. Mm, it's a sunny day. Sunny day now. My pocket's empty, my cupboard's bare. But call me illogical, I just don't care. The KSL Greenhouse. Expert tips for flowers, trees, gardens, and soil. Our hosts are Maria Chaleos and Ton Bettis on KSL News Radio. Good morning. Thank you for spending your Saturday morning with the KSL Greenhouse. This morning, we are also joined by Sheridan Hansen. Uh, we've had Sheridan on a number of times from the USU Botanical Center. She's a horticulturist. And last week, Ton Sheridan was talking about, we were talking about seed catalogs. We know people are very excited about starting seeds, but he says he's way too practical. So he wanted you to come in and talk about just some of the different things we can plant in our yards and where you actually get your more unique seeds. Okay. Well, Ton and I kind of, we complete each other in that sense. So I am more of a, I guess, a free soul when it comes to choosing seeds. But um, I also choose some of the same seeds that Tan does, and it kind of depends on the purpose. So I will look to those hybrid seeds and those types of catalogs, <clears throat> excuse me, when um, I'm looking for production value. So I want to get a lot of fruit on a tomato, for instance. But if I'm looking for something that's fun and unique, um, and so this is kind of where I get excited, is there's usually a story associated with some of the plants that I that I select. And these are heirloom varieties, things that have been around for a long time. They're typically open pollinated. Um, and I really love the idea of history and this idea of a person that developed it and the story that goes behind it. So I look at those types of seeds um, because I can preserve that story and that legacy and that plant for a long period of time and keep that going. Um, So I look at things like Baker's Creek seeds, which is rareseeds.com. Johnny Seeds um, also has a lot of um, open pollinated heirloom type seeds. Um, Pine tree garden seeds. Um, You know, I kind of scour the internet with, um, you know, looking for certain varieties and things that I've heard stories about. Um, one thing that I do, because when you, when you look at these types of seeds, you run into really small operations that sometimes don't have, you can run into seed quality problems. So I do look at a lot of reviews, go through things, make sure that I have, um, you know, a high quality seed that is comparable to some of the things that you would purchase out of the catalogs like Burpee and um, you know, park seed, places like that that Ton typically frequents. So I, I want that same quality, but I want that that unique variety and kind of that creativity piece that Ton was talking about. So, Yeah, I, you know, I for the first year, I've started ordering some little bit different things. I've decided I want to try super mini tomatoes. And so park seed has a series of seeds, and I think they're more than just tomatoes, called Kitchen Mini 
And so I'm trying three or four of those plus some others. And these tomatoes only get like a foot to 18 inches high. And you can park them in like a south window and they're happy. Yeah. And so I'm growing some of those. And I found another that I think was a park seed variety. And it's yellow. And I can't remember the name of it. But it only gets about two and a half feet long. And it's a little cherry tomato, but it looks like Cousin It. That's awesome. <laughs> and so I want to trellis it up a little bit so I can actually truly have this thing look like Cousin It with yellow fruit all over. <laughs> that is so cool. I but, can't wait. Yeah, I mean, but you are correct. My, you know, I like to have the biggest pile of tomatoes at the end of the season or the biggest pile of peppers. And so a lot of my research has worked with, you know, what's going to be high yielding but still taste good and so it's just been more of a production uh i think dynamic with me because of i'm working with commercial growers and that's also in my personally i don't have a huge garden space and so i want to maximize what i can get with fewer plants and so that's where i've veered right and it kind of comes down to that purpose like we talked about so you're more with larger production growers i work a lot more with small scale urban producers um, and they are looking at niche markets, trying to get some of that heirloom, different types of produce that will sell that nobody else has. So then I, I end up being more to the to the opposite side of the spectrum than you in that sense. But it can be used, you know, either way. And the heirlooms will never produce the way that some of the hybrids will produce. And that's because they just haven't been bred for that that production piece. But... With that, you get these amazing flavors and colors and textures, and it's just so fun to explore and have, um, you know, a really good time growing things and learning and tasting new things. I, I get so excited about it. I'm I'm the biggest nerd. <laughs> you are so willing to be able to fail. Yeah, you have. You're to like be it's willing. an experiment. When yeah. I first started gardening, though, I was really upset when things would die, and I can, I would be I super upset. That. Yeah, I mean, you are investing in this, and I can see why you would be upset because you know you put your time and your energy, and you have all these hopes and dreams. I think they say to to plant a seed is to invest like in the future. You're investing in that future, and so um, when something doesn't go right, you know, you take it as this failure, and you kind of take it personal. But it's a learning experience, and um, you know, some things grow great in Utah, some don't. Last year, I lost an entire bed of tomatoes, a, a raised bed of tomatoes at my house, and it was because you know they weren't the best ones adapted for Utah, and we had several problems with tomatoes, and it was a really good learning experience for me. So um, you just have to change your mindset. And I know it takes a while to get to that point. It took my neighbor, who's a master gardener, coming across and saying, hey, it's just an opportunity to plant something new. Right. Yeah. And I was like, got space now. (laughs) Okay. If you just kind of turn that switch or flip that switch and just think about it differently. Yeah. I was so excited to speak with you because we've been up to the demonstration garden. We've done a video. I hope people will check out the video on the KSL Greenhouse uh, Facebook page about all the unique things that you plant. Because I think often a lot of us, we plant the same things over and over again. We do. But that means we're getting tired of some of the things that we're eating. Right. Well, and there's some value to planting something that you know that you enjoy eating. So I always plant one thing or two or three that I know that I love to eat, that my kids will eat. So we've talked about all these heirloom tomatoes. I always have a hybrid better boy. Well, I guess it could actually be considered an heirloom right now. It's been around so long. But I always have this burpy better boy tomato because it produces. It reminds me of my grandpa. It is reliable. So always have one of those. So have something that you know you will eat and throw one or two things in that are new every single year so you can try something new and experience that flavor, that color. 
that texture. Yeah, I it's I grow. You know, you, you, my dad grew the Better Boys and a few things like that, and you want to keep some of those just for sentimental value. You know, it's just, and I think that it is important because when you talk about stories of some of these tomatoes, you know, the Bloody Butcher or Mortgage Lifter and why they're around, there there are a lot of fun things that, you know, as a home gardener, as a hobbyist or someone that has found a niche in a market garden selling totally different stuff than everybody else, I think that those stories are very important also to those who are purchasing or eating the produce. Yeah. And, you know, I was a small scale grower for a while. I grew a a really small farm, about two acres up in East Layton. My mom and I did it after my dad passed away. And um, that was where we found our our niche um, was in this heirloom world. So we would grow things that were heirloom that had some kind of connection historically to the United States or to some, you know, it just was the story. And so as I would grow and produce a CSA box for my my people that were um, purchasing from us, there would be a story each week to go along with what they were they were eating and cooking and I would also give them recipes and it was just so much fun to learn about it. And that that right there is magic for me. I would like our listeners to be invited to join in this conversation and ask you about seeds or unique things to plant. Number to call is 801-575-8255. You can text us at 57500, and we will continue with the conversation in just a minute. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless, and I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning. Thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Maria Shaleos, Tom Bettis, Sheridan Hansen with you this morning. We've been talking about seed catalogs and unusual things that you can plant in your vegetable garden. Uh, I want to go back for a minute and talk about all of the wonderful things, not all of them, but you have some wonderful things in the demonstration gardens, and I hope people will check them out this summer. Just You had some very unusual peppers. Let's start with the peppers. We did. We had wild peppers. And that's part of the the focus of the edible demonstration garden at the USU Botanical Center is it's not so much about production. I don't care how much volume we get out of that garden. I just want to grow things that are unique that people haven't seen. So we pick an array of peppers. Um, We went with some super hots this last year, like things that if you look at it, it would make your throat burn and be on fire kind of thing. Um, So just we looked at, um, you know, different levels of heat. I ordered from a place called Atomic Pepper Seeds for a lot of those peppers and um, got some things that like Bane Strain and, um, you know, seven pot bubblegum yellow, um, just the weirdest names that you've ever heard. And you're thinking bubblegum. Well, 
that's the hottest pepper that I could ever imagine. How is that bubble gum? But, you know, so they come up with these really weird names and, you know, that kind of get you thinking, but just so much fun and unique. So, you know, if you haven't seen some of these things, I encourage people to come up to the Botanical Center and visit. So, Will you plant different things this year? Absolutely. We have a whole <laughs> list of different things. Um, this year we are focusing on some of the medicinal herbs. So we'll have a whole area of, um, you know, toothache plant and um, we're, we're growing marsh, marshmallow if I, if I can get it to grow and germinate. Yeah. So there's always a challenge and that's that failure piece that we talked about. Um, but we will have a variety of different kinds of herbs this year in those raised beds that you'll be able to come and see and explore. Since we're talking about seeds, where, where are you buying, where are you getting your seeds this year? So again, a big um, variety of different places. A lot of them came from Johnny's seeds this year. Um, so I was able to, to source some of these medicinals from them as well as Baker Creek. So, um, both of those carry some of those unique varieties and things there. One of the things about the peppers, though, I might not want to eat some of those peppers, but I had mentioned when we were out there, I would love just planting those in my flower bed because the foliage and flowers, I mean, who would think they were just so beautiful? The flowers are gorgeous. And one of the things I love to plant, and I have master gardeners that are just going to go, ew, is um, eggplants for that same reason, because they look like all these jewels just kind of draping themselves throughout the garden. And last year, we also focused on eggplants. So we had just a wide variety of different eggplants, colors, shapes, sizes. Um, and just, it was beautiful. I had more fun picking eggplants out of that that raised bed because of all the colors and, you know, different things that I would find. And um, it's definitely not a favorite of a lot of people, but I found some varieties that I really loved. There's one called green frog finger that I fell in love with and you throw it in a stir fry and, or in curry and it takes up those flavors really well. And it's fantastic. I got my kids to eat eggplant and they didn't even know it. Don't tell them it's a secret. It's an acquired taste. <laughs> it mostly. is for sure. Yes. Yeah. So um, great things to come in that garden. So I, I definitely encourage you guys to visit. So I'll, I'll throw out the address there if that's okay. So it's 80 East, 725 North um, in 725 South, 80 East, 725 South in Kaysville, um, right there by the Kaysville Ponds. Um, and it's, we have, we have the edible demonstration garden that's a half acre. And then we also have the urban farm demonstration garden. And that's a little more up Tons Alley because we focus on more of those hybrids there because we're looking at production. We're trying to see how much we can get out of that garden. So we kind of demonstrate both types. Maybe I'll have to save some of the seeds I'm growing for you to try in there and see how they do. I have one favorite tomato that it's it's a totally just the quantity, but BHN ten twenty one looks and acts like celebrity. This almost the exact same flavor, but it doesn't crack. Yeah, and it usually yields about ten percent more than what celebrity does. And so I've got Dave's not here today. I've got Dave turned on to them. And so I'll be starting a bunch of those and a few others, but I will save a few. I would love to throw some into that garden, and we'll we'll test them out and try them. So okay. thank you. Michael is on the line, and Orem wants to talk more about peppers. Good morning, Michael. What was your question? Yes. Um, you know those little peppers you can get in the supermarkets that some are yellow, some orange, some red, and they're really sweet. Do they 
can they be grown around here? Because on the package, it says they're from Mexico. Oh, absolutely. They're an annual, so um, you can definitely grow them. And I believe I have seen those varieties on Johnny's Seeds. Park Seed may also have them. So I would get on there and, you know, look at their varieties of peppers and see if there's one that is that smaller type that comes in the different colors. Just know that when they color, you have to let them grow a little bit longer for them to develop the colors. So everything comes in green, and then they'll develop the color as they ripen and mature. Oh. Can they be grown from starts? Yes, um, if you can find them at our local nurseries. Um, So sometimes that's one of the challenges we run into is our local nurseries tend to grow things that pretty much everybody would want to grow in their garden. So you may not find some of the more unique varieties and cultivars in the nurseries. Okay, and what are they called? Um, You know, I'd have to look it up. While you're looking that up, I used to work at Sam's Club in college, and I ran their hot dog stand. And I, one year, and this is, I'm a weirdo, even back in my early 20s, I grew Thai dragon peppers, which are pretty hot, and cut them up, and I put them in with the jalapenos in the pickled juice that they do. And I put a warning on there, it says extremely hot, you know, use caution. I got to spend an entire day watching people curse and spit. (laughs) What is this? And and there was a sign up, but then the manager found out and I had to stop. And, but it made for entertainment in a rather sometimes mundane job. They just didn't believe you. No, they didn't. And I, I'm glad and nobody, now I would never do that. No one asked for a refund, but it was good entertainment. Okay. So I found them. They're lunchbox, orange, red, and yellow. If they're the ones that I'm, if we're communicating I well. I think that's it. Yeah, oh, so they're the Lunchbox you. series. And Lunch Johnny's box. Seeds has them, yes. But you okay. are going to have to order three different types of seeds. And you're going to want to start them sometime around March 15th um, so that they're ready to go in the garden. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. All right, Michael, enjoy. Uh, next listener wants to know, what's a good site for geranium seeds? Ooh, ton. Johnny's, Johnny's does is have another a lot. one, Park Seed, um, Oh, there are so many out there, and it just depends on what you want to go. I mean, would someone like Wayside have the more heirloom varieties? It's, it's possible. There are some really old varieties of geraniums, so it kind of depends on what you're after. Um, I know that Burpee may carry some, too. They've really gotten into some of the flowers as well. So Yes, and actually Burpee and Gurney, the last five years, have really started to diversify and have some really neat stuff that nobody else does. Yeah, I, I really enjoy going through those sites. To see what's new. It's a different kind of shopping, isn't it? It is. <laughs> All right. We <laughs> need to take kind. a break for the bottom of the hour news. Number for you to call. Join the conversation. 801-575-8255. You can also text us 575-57500. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.